nuclear weapons would be a safer place, but a long way to go, obviously. Will that you know, incredibly emotional moment when the president uh, met with uh, some Hiroshima survivors, describe that to us and also the wonderful story you did on that man that he, he hugged, uh, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Miro. Yeah, it, it, it was a last-minute thing for President Obama to have some time to interact with just a small handful of Hiroshima survivors and, and Nagasaki survivors in the audience as well. This is something that they put together at the last minute, realizing that one of the most important things for people here in Hiroshima is, is that the survivors, who of course are getting older, uh, have the opportunity to share their stories uh, with with the American president on the on this historic day. And so, uh, one of the one of the men in the audience was Shigaki. Mori, who I interviewed a, a few days ago, his story really remarkable. This is the man in the gray suit who who just had a really emotional embrace with President Obama after he gave his speech. And, and Mr. Mori worked for 41 years after the bombings to to locate the families of 12 American POWs who were being held here in Hiroshima. They were just 400 meters from Ground Zero in a small uh, police headquarters that was leveled in the blast. Uh, they died. They were they were the the crews of two American bombers, the Toloa and the Lonesome Lady. And, and, and what he was able to do over the course of 41 years, because of course after the bombings, all of the information about American POWs was kept top secret, but he researched the planes, he researched the crew members, and then in the 70s when, when the United States declassified a lot of documents surrounding the POWs, he, he actually borrowed phone books from the library and every weekend for more than 20 years he called every matching name in any possible state and was able to find these families, uh, contact them, even though he doesn't speak English, he had to use an interpreter. He spent uh, 3,500 yen, which today is the equivalent of about 30 U.S. dollars per phone call, and this was back in the 80s, uh, to, to speak to these families and, and then exchange letters with them to get, the, to get the, their, their names, the POW names, officially registered at the Hiroshima Wall of Remembrance, the Hall of Remembrance. And so this is somebody who spent the better part of his life to help the families of his former enemy find closure and to see uh, this surprise invite to the ceremony where the U.S. president visits this site, and then, and then of course, that incredible moment where he, he emotionally hugged President Obama, uh, it, it really it still gives me goosebumps to talk about it because this is somebody who cared so much about the legacy of all of the victims uh, of the A-bomb because, of course, it killed indiscriminately. And, and now he is also a part of history because everybody will remember uh, that image of him hugging the president. It's really remarkable. Oh, it gives us goosebumps, Will, to even hear you tell the story. Let's go back just for a moment to that, to Truman's incredible decision. My Bloomberg colleague, James Gibney, wrote about uh, a historian, Samuel Yama, uh, Yamashita, who, who just has a book about the daily life of Japan in the early 40s. And what it basically suggests is that Japan was prepared for a massive resistance, both the citizenry and the military before, uh, before Hiroshima. Uh, is, is there any recognition in Japan that is awful and terrible as, as those bombs were, that maybe they were necessary? 
Well, it is no secret that the current administration led by Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been accused of revisionist history in a sense, trying to downplay Japan's right. own wartime atrocities because the Imperial Japanese Army was responsible for hundreds of thousands of civilian deaths. And it's a, and it's a big reason why there is still a lot of tension in this part of the world, uh, p- particularly between China, South Korea and Japan. Uh, President Obama has tried to, to tried to ease that tension at the same time, also encouraging the Japanese self-defense force to take a more act to take a more active role in this region due to the heightened threat from North Korea among other places but but Japan's neighbors of course are very leery of that leery of this country remilitarizing after 70 years of pacifism because they remember very acutely what happened at the hands of, of J- Japanese forces and so Japanese historians uh, have often said that they feel the bombings of uh, Hiroshima and the Nagasaki three days later were, were not necessary that Japan was close to surrendering anyway. But of course, many other historians, as you said, believe that Japan really would have put up a very strong fight. Many more people likely would have died. And, and actually, the bombing of Hiroshima, well, you know, 140,000 people eventually died here. Don't forget, there were other deadly uh, attacks on Japan as well. There was, a, there was a single night in Tokyo where the city was firebombed, and it's estimated up to 100,000 people died. Much of Tokyo was leveled as well. So it was a, it was a brutal...